Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another episode of What's the Hype Podcast. And an interception, and you're not down by 10 anymore. Andre Howe, his second interception. To get you the information that you need is to you start your own business and do your own thing. And I felt like it gave me a good perspective. I was not the first person to go through what I went through. Welcome to another episode of What's the Hype Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Pope, a.k.a. The Pod Disciple. I'm your co-host, Under Howe. Man, we're excited, man. We got another awesome guest, man. We've been rolling this season, man, with a lot of guys, uh, just a lot of guests that has, that has brought a lot of value to our podcast. So a guy that, you know, that, that you know, six-year NFL vet, you know, one of the fastest times in the 40 in the history of the NFL, uh, third-round draft pick out of Oakland Raiders, University of Miami alum, assistant director of recruiting, Demarcus Van Dyke. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. So, uh, Demarcus, so the podcast really for us is just really uh, telling guys' stories. because There's so many different stories when um, you talk about making it to the NFL and making it to the highest level. There are so many different stories. So a lot of people think they're just kind of one story or just thinking that it might have been so easy for individuals. So, like, we like to go in – go behind and tell, talk a little bit more beyond the hype and just kind of explain more stuff so that kids coming behind us can understand that, you know, it's, it's a process and that different things may happen, but um, wanting to just be able to expose the different things that individuals may have gone through. So, yeah. so with that being said, man, we just like to jump right in and get started. Just kind of tell us a little bit about where you're from um, and what it was like growing up there. Now, you know, for, uh, Miami, Florida, you know, born and raised, you know, Jeff, uh, Born and raised, played football. I started playing when I was like four years old. Um, played you know, was Boys and Girls Club. I started off playing D-line. Then uh, as I got older, I went to defensive back. I went to my senior face high school. I was blessed enough to have um, numerous scholarships. And I decided to stay home and play for University of Miami. Uh, did four years there. And God bless me playing NFL. I played six years. And now I'm back in my home and trying to get these kids to win state champ- I mean, national championships. Absolutely. So we go, we go kind of dive into it a little bit and just kind of break down a little bit. Like you said, um, you're talking a little bit about when you first started. Yeah. So you say you started at four years old. So uh, yeah. which sport did you start playing football? What, what sport you played and uh, who inspired you? Well, man, my favorite sport, like everybody said, like everybody knows, man, that's, I like basketball, man. I was, I played basketball, you know, every year. Uh, but when I got to high school, I went to my senior pace and pace is pretty much, it was known for a basketball school. And when I got there the first year, all the freshmen were dunking. I was like, man, you know what? I ain't dunking. I'm just doing they, uh, Let me try something different. <laughs> so I went, to, I went to the football field, started off playing JV there, and uh, got moved to the varsity. But, you know, that was pretty much my little story right there. I was Basketball was the, my favorite sport, but football was my way out, I'd say. <laughs> so, look, man, I, I, I've known you for a long time, right? And you mentioned, right, um, playing at – Northwest Boys Club. So one thing I want um, to talk about is just Little League football in Miami, right? Because yeah. most people that's maybe not from Miami, they don't understand because they – here in Texas, they 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 don't – they have middle school football. So a lot of kids play up into mm. middle school. But yeah. in Miami, Little League football, we're going to talk about one – you know, legendary parks that you play for. Northwest Boys Club, we talk about the Liberty City Warriors. So talk a little bit about, you know, your experience there at – Northwest Boys Club and just maybe some of the legends that have come out of that part. Man, like you said, like Lily down here is different, man. Like compared to what we was coming up, man, it's different, man. But like the legends at the Boys Club, you know, you know, back to your Keith Brown. Yes. Uh, 
uh, Dino, you know, Cheese, like all those guys. I watched Nitro, all those guys. I was watching, I was playing like 65, 75. Watched those guys ball out in the older pounds. And they did it in high school and college. So playing the boys club, man, it made you want to be great, man. You, you didn't come out there on Saturday without your swag, you know, you know the, the three sanitaries, you know, the wristband from <laughs> DNA Sports, the numbers on them, all that, man. That was just something you had to do. Cause you seen, I seen the older guys like you guys and Dino, all those guys swag up like that and ball out. So every kid from under you guys wanted to do it. But now, right now, it just, Little League is kind of like, man, it's, it's like its own little world, man. You know, like my son, he plays at Miami Guard Ravens. And they did pretty good last year. But now it's like Little League, it took it to, they got like free agency. They called it like the all season, like coach to be taking kids from other parks. It's crazy, man. And now with this whole Corona thing is going on, they're starting a little travel league. And coaches calling like it's it's it's, it's kind of like my son is get recruited to play for a travel team. Now. I'm like, man, look, he's only nine years old. Yeah, he want to play Fortnite and go outside. He he not thinking about <laughs> no travel league, no yeah. this playbook and all that, man. If he if you can't tell him to run a slant or a bomb, he ain't want to hear it, man. Right. So that's too much. No, man. I, I mean, I agree with you, man. Again, little league football in Miami. I'm talking about you. You. It's like Friday nights, everybody go to the high school games, and then Saturday mornings, everybody's at a little league games. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about crowds. So, like, just that type of energy is what kind of breed those Miami football. I mean, you you got guys that's been stars since they was kids, little kids. So, um, yeah. you know, that's just the environment of Miami. So, we're going to talk a little bit about you getting to uh, Monsignor Pace. Why did you end up deciding to go to Pace? Because, again, you, you know, we know about the legendary programs in Miami. Why did you end yeah. up deciding to choose to go to Pace? Well, that was, that was a funny story. I remember, like, my mom, I was actually at Miss Johnson's house one day. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, man, you know, I'm, I'm picking you up. And we want to visit this school called Pace. I'm like, Pace, like, I ain't, I ain't know nothing about Pace. Only thing I knew about was the West, uh-huh. Central. That's it. And probably Carroll City, but the West, because y'all played at you. I looked at, I looked at you and Daron, like, my big brother. So the West and Central. So I was like, man, I ain't going to no Pace. So I went there, you know, the little orientation, took my little test. I'm still in shock. I'm like, man, this can't be real. Like, I'm coming, I'm going to a private school. Like, I, I don't think I'm going to the West, man. I've gone to the Bulls sign since, <laughs> since y'all was there. So now I'm going to a Catholic school. I got, I got to tuck my shirt. And, you know, she took me out there. But I think she did it for for the better, you know. I, it, I was in a private school. It taught me a lot of things. You know, I, I learned how to adapt to different uh, environments. And it was it was, a, it was a good investment, I must say, you know. I, I think it was a good investment on our behalf. Talk about your, your recruiting process, man. How was that? Man, it was it was an up and down thing, man. You know, I kind of I kind of knew I wanted to go. You know, I was um I actually was committed to Florida at first, mm. and you know I was committed to Florida, you know, and I kind of was kind of like you know just kind of just talking to Coach Shannon every now and then, and then once he got once he got the head coaching job, I've been on Coach Shannon since I was shorty, and once he got the job. I kind of told Florida, like, look, man, you know, I've been knowing this guy since I was almost like, eight years old. I trust him. I'm going to stay home. And they, they didn't they didn't like that very much. So, and then that, I think that year was the year they won the national championship. So, everybody in the city was like, man, what you doing, man? Like, this team won the national championship. And this team you going to, they just played in the uh, Idaho, Idaho Bowl, something like that. So, <laughs> I was getting a lot of uh, flack about that. But I just wanted to stay home, you know, put on for my city and help, help, help the black man out, man. Absolutely. So Randy Shannon is who you're referring to, man. Uh, University of Miami, uh, great. Uh, a guy born and raised in Miami, so he know 
what it is to be a player in Miami. So, man, I was always a big fan of his, man, and just the way he recruited our guys. So, um, like you said, you decided to stay home and play for the University of Miami. What was the biggest adjustment coming from, you know, uh, playing at pace to, you know, stepping on that field? Because you played early as a, as a freshman. So what was the biggest adjustment for you um, once you got I'll on say the I'll say the biggest adjustment for me was, you know, just the speed of the game. You know, um, you know I played at pace. You know, we, we played some big times. We played, like, we played Central. We played Edison, but week in, week out, we, we didn't play those big-time teams like a 6A school. So I was playing you. I, I, played, I played against a Bell-Ann, a Pine Charter. Then I played against uh, Edison, Central, Booker T. So it was kind of like up and down. So my, like my first day in Miami, uh, that first week, actually, we had 707. And I remember going to get Sam Shield. I'm like, man, it's going to be Kate. And, man, I almost put my damn hand on screen, man. <laughs> <laughs> Put my hand screen out like I got I, I got to get right. So that whole summer, man, I took it like you know this this, this big boy ball. Not man, I, I was I came in like 157. I I think the end of that summer was like 172, 173, and a lot of things kind of like played in my factor. You know, I was kind of like a third corner going into camp, and a few guys like think like one one guy didn't pass the conditioning test, but that bumped me up, and then I just kept doing everything right, kept doing everything right, and Coach Shannon said, you know what, you're gonna start. Guess March, I was like, shit, all right, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Dre, I seen you made a face, man, when he said he went in at 157. So this guy's been yeah. small his whole life. Dang. Like, small, like, small, for real. So, uh, you know, that don't surprise me at all. 157, man, I was coming off – I was actually coming off a track. The track season was like – you know how track is, like, it's May. Yeah. So I, I think my track meet was – my last – the state track meet was, I guess, like, like May, like twenty something like that weekend, mm-hmm. and I reported that that June first, Miami. Fresh off the track, gotcha. Right. Fresh off the track, no weights. So tell me about the, the team success, like Miami success, and then uh, your individual success, and anybody we might know that you played with. Hold on, say it again. I'll say it again. Uh, tell us about your your individual success and your team success at Miami, and anybody we, we might know you played with. Oh, okay. well. Man, you guys, you, I, mean, I played with uh, Houston, you know, Brandon Harris, B. Harris, uh, yeah, B. Harris. L- Lamar. I know those guys, you know, Lamar Miller like that. But, you know, I, I think my my think my best year here at Miami, I think my junior season, you know, um, I had like 30 tackles, like two interceptions. But, you know, Miami, we, we play nothing but men. So it's kind of like you all, you, you by yourself on that island. So that's kind of mm-hmm. what we did here. But, you know, I think that's my best year. And some of the guys I play, I think my – my senior season, we had like nine guys drafted. You know, um, Allen, I mean, um, Allen Bailey, Colin McCarthy, Orlando Franklin, uh, Brandon Harris, myself, uh, Matt Marsher, um, Richard Gordon. And we had a guy, Corey Nell, who I think went in the seventh round to the San Francisco 49ers. So we had a, we had a lot of guys to get drafted my senior year. Now, you, you mentioned that uh, your junior year was like your, uh, you know, your best season. Uh, yeah. What was that moment when you, uh, for you and your college career, when you realized that you may have the opportunity to play at the next level? Uh, I'll, I'll probably say when, when Coach Shannon like put me in the offense, asking was I going to leave, and I was like, leave to go where? He was like, go NFA. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I said, I didn't know it's possibility. He was like, man, yeah, you know, you, you got a good like, you want to put your name in a hat and get your grade. I was like, man, if you think I could, you think I should, I'd do it, but. It wasn't my plan. I was probably like one, like you know, I, in, in college we ain't had no at Miami, which was crazy. We ain't had no training table, so we'll eat McDonald's, like Raymond noodle soup, like that. So I was like one seventy two, one seventy three, 
So I was like, man, coach, I ain't ready for the big boy like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick around. <laughs> I'm gonna stick around. So I said, man, you can put it, you can put my name in the hat, but I don't think I'm leaving. So he, we, we did it. You know, I got my grade. That was like between fourth and the seventh. So I was like, nah, I ain't go, I ain't, I ain't in a rush, man. I, it's, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stay. So that's when I realized, I said, well, shit, I can. This need to be real for me. So I started at that my senior season. I took it, I took it more serious. How, how old is your draft experience? Um, the combine. I know you ran a fast forty. Uh. And where, where you thought you were gonna go, man? Uh, it's crazy, man. That that whole draft experience it was like it's is is unique, you know, because you can pretty much control you control everything. I think so. Um, after my senior season, I kind of had I had an okay senior season. I don't think I had as a, a good a senior season as my junior year. I had an okay season, but uh, after the season, like my my DB coach, Cron uh, Westman Griff, had told me like, look, man, you know, a lot of scouts are saying you're going like in that six seven. I'm like, damn, six seven. Like, I was supposed to go fourth in the fourth round, like my junior season. So, you know, but things change. So, I, I kind of attacked my draft process, like, man, it's do or die. I just had my son, like, my the last, I, I just I just had my, my son. So, I was like, you know what? He can't eat no books. He got to, he got to, he got to live right. So, I think uh, after, after the bowl game, I went right to training. Uh, and I got right to the East West Shrine game. Went out there and balled out. And then after the East West Shrine game, I got a call on the way back home from Orlando to go to the senior bowl. So I went to the senior bowl and I think I kind of had an advantage because a lot of guys came in rusty, but I came in kind of like, you know, already had a week of practice at the East West Shrine game and kind of stood out and it kind of helped me, helped me out a lot. And then at the, at the combine, I knew I was going to run fast, just the, the matter of how much I was going to weigh or how many times I was going to do 25. So that was my biggest fear right there. Just, okay, man, I know I ain't going to lift it more than 10 times. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to at least get five. So I think I got like six. Off this off the adrenaline and um I ran around that 40, I was like, I I knew my 40 was gonna be at least in the 4342. So I know once that happened, everybody was like, man, you going to Oakland? I was like, shit, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know if you remember. I mean, I, I think my space was out at that time. And I just I think you was getting ready for the combine. I just I think I shot you a message saying, man, go run the fastest 40. Uh go run the fastest time at 40 this year. And like I'm sitting there watching, and I'm like, "Yo, this guy really just went four two at the forty. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, you know. But I, you know, again, you, you know, you was already kind of displaying those type of speeds here. So I just, again, I, I had a feeling. I, I was rooting for you, man. I was definitely glad yeah. to do that, man. Uh, well, you know what's crazy, man? I wasn't, I wasn't fast. Like, like you probably remember, I wasn't fast. You was up, not man. fast. You was not fast. <laughs> no, I was not fast, man. I don't know, like, I don't know where it came from. Like, I, I, cause I started running track. My 10th grade year, I was I was uh, training with a guy named Mario Smith, with like a speed coach. Mm-hmm. He was my DB coach at Pace too, so I was working out with him. But bro, I was slow as dirt, man. I was like Lily, man. I, I was slow, running the Dre, slow. <laughs> I'm talking about slow Dre, and he was small, so, but he was slow. So just yeah. when I started to hit a buzz, I'm like, Marky is just a speed guy. Like I, again, it just came out of left field, but he was slow yeah. Dre for real. Hey, that's crazy. Cause that's crazy. You say I was small because I didn't know I. I saw a picture of myself yesterday, my mom at mom's house. I'm like, damn, I was this like eight gray. I was this small, and my son <laughs> like that size now. Nice. So I'm like, damn. I mean, again, I think the, the uh, nutrition, especially in Miami, bro. Like, I can't even remember eating breakfast growing up, like at school. Like, I'm eating, you know, candy from the store. Like, I, the yeah. nutrition back then, man, it was just terrible. So that kind of lended to a lot of our our, our, our growth, the stunting a lot of our growth. So. But uh, like, like we want to talk a little bit about the draft process. I mean, the draft night. Talk a little bit about that. So 
you know, you're getting ready for the draft, you know, and you sit down, you know, you heard that somebody mentioned you may go to Oakland. What did, what were you hearing? And then let's talk about, you know, actually getting that phone call. Man, I was like, you know, the day of the draft, like this, I, I knew first I was like my first round, I ain't going first round. I ain't finna gas myself up, little watch TV. I'm finna go chill somewhere. And I would kind of stand, uh, I would stand in Sunny Isles and just, I would just, I just walk in the script with my brother, like we just chilling. But the, the following day, which was day two, um, my brother was, my brother was just chilling at the crib playing Madden. And um, I think Seattle had called me and said, so like, no, if you're there in the second round, we're gonna pick you up. I was like, well, I think I'll be there second round, so just let me know. So, uh, so I thought that they called me, and then Pittsburgh called me like probably thirty minutes later, and so I was like, okay, well, I'm going today. So the day of the draft, you know, it's it's going, we be chilling, and the second round comes. So Seattle on the Seattle on the clock. So I'm looking at my phone, it ain't ring. They pick somebody. I say, like, damn, okay, Pittsburgh on the clock. They come, they ain't pick me. I say, you know what? I'm gonna just chill. I ain't worried about it. So my little cousin, he made no name, Lemire. This man, he called him. He called my phone from like a seven eight six number that I ain't have. I ain't have it locked in my phone. He calls. I'm thinking the Dolphins. So I'm like, yo, Dolphins call. Dolphins call. So I pick the phone up. He like, man, I'm downstairs, man. Buzz me in. I'm like, dog, you can't play like that right now, man. <laughs> like, any other day, don't play like that. So came upstairs, man. So I'm I'm kind of like aggravated and like anxious. Like, man, come on, man. Like, everybody said I'm going this day. Like, what's going on? So I, like, I guess like middle of the third round. I had texted a scout named Zach Crockett. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, what's up? What y'all gonna do? He's Oakland. I said, what, what y'all gonna do? He had with me, like, laugh out loud. I said, what that mean, man? And, like, 30 seconds later, man, uh, what's his name called me? Uh, Hugh Jackson called me. And, like, he was just a bunch of, just a bunch of like, loud noises, man. My, my mom was crying, you know. <coughs> my brother was crying. It was, kind of, it, was a, it was a good moment, man. What's up, Hype family? Thanks again for listening to another episode of What's the Hype Podcast. But if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenerships. So you don't even have to have a big audience. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app go to anchor.fm to get started. That's what's up. After the Raiders draft in the third round, uh, what, was, what was your thoughts coming to the, to the locker room with uh, Lito Shepard, Carson Palmer, and uh, Michael Huck? Man, I was man, I was starstruck, man, you know, because I was always watch Lito Shepard because, you know, I was kind of – I won't say I was a Florida fan, but I kind of liked this game. And I kind of like – I had uh, Michael Huff highlight tape always on my iPod, so I was watching every for every game my junior senior season. So, I walked in the locker room like, hey, I'm, I'm about to play with Huff, uh, Richard Seymour. You know, it was just like, it was kind of, kind of starstruck, you know, watching all these guys. Carson came probably, Carson came like probably week eight when we traded for him. But our quarterback at the time was uh, Jason Campbell. He got hurt. And that uh, when we traded for Carson. And it was just, it was it was crazy. Uh, Stanford route. Uh, Stan route was, Stan route was a funny dude, man. You know, he would just kind of tell me the, the game, like, you know, this. Or not to do and things like they like, hey man, don't go out there, man. Make all those tackles, man. They put you at safety. <laughs> so you know how it is. You know, as a rookie, man, you're trying to go out there and impress everybody by that tackle. He said, hey man, look, young buck, man, don't go out there make all those tackles, dog. They can make you a safety, man. I'm like, you're right, <laughs> you're right. So I said, yeah, all right. After that, man, I started just you know this 
making tackles I'm supposed to make. I ain't, I ain't running up the field mode making tackles. I'm just doing what I got to do. But yeah, that was, like it was that. a good experience, man. Good you dude. Know, I, I like to talk about, you know, you guys might have had the fastest four by one team in in the league. When you talk about Jacob, uh, uh, John uh, Jacoby, you talk about um, Haywood Bay. I mean, yeah, damn it! Any, you can put yeah, y'all yeah. three and anybody else. Y'all, yeah. y'all clearly win. You know, what it, I'm was, it was crazy, man. The speed, like you know, could have for the conditioning test. You know, we had like this all the speed, like all the skill guys. So nobody, everybody, you know, if you when you're a fast guy, you want that pride. Like I'm the fastest guy, so every time you run, you going full speed. Just shoom, shoom, shoom. By like the fifth one, you dead tight, like man. man I should, I should have <laughs> coached, I should just, just chill, but. I'm going full speed trying to show on fast. So it was it was always, always competition out there, you know, when, when it came to racing with us. Yeah. So so again, let's talk about your rookie season, right? Welcome. Talk about what your um your welcome to the NFL moment on the field and then off the field. Um as a rookie. Talk about that. Man, I I think I tell you, I tell you everybody this, man. I think I probably had the worst. I'm mean, not had the the gauntlet of rookie preseason, man. Like my first my first game, I had Larry Fitzgerald, like it was I was in good position and I just kinda like I wanna say I panicked. I tried to like be too pretty and kinda go one hand and I tipped it. He caught on the side of his helmet, and made top ten plays for like the whole preseason. Like every time, every time I look at e, like ESPN, they showing that catch. And then week two, I went against Randy Moss. He was that San Fran and Braylon Edwards. Then week three, we playing against, you know, week three, like when the starters play the whole like the first half, yeah. we playing against uh Drew Brees and the crew. I man, I swear, man, like, he went 10 for 10 on me only. Like, <laughs> I said, dog, I said, man, you know, I mean, like, after that, after that game there, I called my mom, I was like, man, mom, like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> this, this probably ain't for me, man. Like, and then in a four pieces game, you know, I probably I played a series. And then, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, 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 playing, I'm playing a series of the, of the, of the, of the last pieces game. I ain't gonna play a lot. Man, they give Marshall the toss. This man, like, coming full speed. At him. I'm like, man, God, that shit can't get no better, man. Like, <laughs> man, he dropped it on me, man. Like, I'm, I'm on, I'm on his shoes, like, holding on, holding on. I said, that that coach was like, man, come out, come out, come out. I said, yeah, please get me out, please get me, <laughs> please get me out. My confidence get broken, man. So that was, the, I had like a rough preseason, man. But once that, like, once that guy, I got out of my system, I think the season, like, it kind of went, wait, it kind of. I think my it, it kind of went well for me, man. You know, uh, I ended up starting like six, seven games. I think my best game was when I played. He played against Houston, my my rookie year. When they had Kobe Jones, uh, what's the receiver now? Cause I don't think Drake played that game. I was happy he played that game too. I remember that game. I watched. I watched him injury for the whole week. Like, please don't play, dog. Please don't play. <laughs> please don't play Drake. Please, dog. So it was Kobe Jones. Uh, God, leave the other uh, receiver, the eighty-three white guy. Got his name, Kevin. Uh, Kevin uh, Walters. Kevin yeah, Walters. Kevin Walters. Him, and that's what we won on like the last play. So that was like, you know, that was like, okay, you know what? I, I can play in this league, man. And I, I, I think I had like probably five breakups. And I was like, you know what? This I can do this now. I can do it. I got, I got to thank Drake for not playing that game though, because I would have got muddy. <laughs> <laughs> so Hugh Jackson was the head coach that drafted you at uh at the at the Raiders and uh. I thought you had a pretty decent year, eight and eight. That we yeah. got fired though. So how did how did that impact you? Man, it was crazy, man. Cause when he got fired, man, it was kind of like a. It came out of left field, man. Cause we just had met the day before, you know, at, like in a meeting about what he expected me next year. Like, you know, I'm gonna be the guy and things like that. So I was like, okay, well, I'm with it. So I went to Miami. You know, they gonna be good. And like two days later, I look on ESPN. He get fired. I'm like, damn, like. 
we get fired. And they hired a dude named Dennis Allen. And man, he was tripping. You know, like he he it was like I won't say he was tripping, it was just like, you know, his his philosophy didn't fit what I was what I was I was do. I, I wasn't I, I wasn't a zone corner. Like I played man my whole life. Like from Little League, all he played was cat coverage. Mm-hmm. So now I'm I'm getting the I'm getting the NFL and like, I knew cover two, cover four, but I wasn't comfortable with it. And that's all he played was like you no know, trap two and things like that. And he kinda had his guys already, you know, at, you know, you know how it is, you're an old guy, you know, you're a coach, you break it in your two, you, you, you're not going to play with two freshmen, or two rookie cornerbacks, you can play with two vets. And he brought in uh, Ron Bartell and Shantae Spencer, and those was his guy he stuck with. And I was kind of like, I'm like, man, hold on, man, I done did all this work. And offseason, you know, as a rookie, you come in replacement with these old guys. But it, 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 was, you know, it was a learning experience. You know, I kind of handled it the wrong way. I would, like, ask for trades, like I was a – a ten year vet, like if I was only a second year player, like some trades, like man, I'm gonna be out of here, man. But it was cool, and they ended up releasing me at the end, and I ended up with going to Pittsburgh. So, and uh, that's something that I, I definitely want to highlight because in the, uh, people don't know <clears throat> that you know when the coaching staff or front office may draft the player, and when it changes, you know, what I mean, a lot of things change during that time. So, talk about. You know, again, talk about like you know you taking that, getting that opportunity to go to Pittsburgh. They were already interested in you, as you mentioned early on. You know, they were thinking about drafting you. But what it was like uh, making that adjustment, uh, going over to Pittsburgh and playing with a guy like Mike Tomlin and all those guys in the locker room that was from Miami. So how, how was that? Man, it was it was it was it was cool, man. You know, because uh, I, I met Coach Tomlin twice. I mean, I met him at my pro day. I met at the Senior Bowl, and uh, at the at the at the pro day, he kind of like I got a picture of my at my mom's house. That was him. He was holding my son. He was like, man, I'm going to get you. I was like, man, all right, we're going to see. And they finally came. He, he spoke to the assistant, man, you know, and he brought it up. I mean, you know, I came on a visit there. Cause it, came out of, it came out of Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. I was like, man, you know, I feel comfortable here, so I'm going to stay here. And um, that locker room was, man, that's, that locker room, I must say, it was kind of like it was so many veterans that taught me things that I didn't know in Oakland. You know, like like small things, you know, like, you know, having a chef, you know, working on your body outside of the facility. I was just one of those guys, man, shit, man. I'm, I'm going to eat Popeye's chicken, church chicken, and then go to practice. They were like, man, you can't live like that, man. Like, officially, it'll catch up to you. But, like, guys like Ryan Clark, you know, Ike Taylor, you know, um, Keenan Lewis, and then, like you said, like, the Miami guys, I had A was – it was me, Antonio Brown, his crazy self, uh, Sean Spence. It was uh, us three, and we, 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 we hung tight because, man, AB played together in Little League, and me and Sean – been cool since middle school, so it was kind of like it was kind of the right fit for me, man. Coach Tom, like I said, he's he's a player coach, man. He understands that it ain't no gray areas; it's black and white. You playing better than the other guy, you gonna play. If you ain't, you gonna sit the bench. Right. I like that by Coach T. Okay, okay your time in the Pittsburgh, and uh, you signed with a couple more teams before you decided to retire. Uh, can you talk about why you why you decided to retire? Man, it was just like my last year, my last year in Atlanta it was kind of like you know. Uh, as a as a vet, you know how it is. As a vet, like you got a, they got a young guy, they bring it in, and they go try every. And he he had more resources. He had like more guys on the staff on his side. You know the, the coach, coach the coach recruited at college. Uh, the D line coach, his son and him were best friends. So it's kind of like he was put in spot. I was the, it was I was Nickelback, and then everything I did was kind of like ah that's messed up. But when the little man come in. I will fix that. So it was kind of like, I was like, man, you know what? I'm tired of the whole, you know, politics. That I'm tired of training. And then my son was kind of like, my son made a statement when they were like, man, I, I wish he was home more. I was like, man, 
I'm gonna be home more. So after that, you know, I ended up getting hurt in the preseason game. I was like, man, shit, yeah, man, that's that's my sign right there from God. Like, I'm going to lay down then. So fresh off of retirement, like, so you're saying, you know, you hurt, you know, you want to be around for your son. What was the plan after you retired? Did you have a, a plan in place saying, okay, this is what I'm going to do? Um, what what was the plan when you made that decision? And to be honest, I had no plan. Man. I was just basically just chilling the crib, man. You know, I kind of kind of knew I wanted to get into coaching, but I was like, you know, I'm not really sure. So I kind of like that first year, I was just basically just, man, chilling, just being a dad, taking my son to school, you know, hanging out, uh, playing man, things like that. And then uh, I got a call. I got a call from uh, one of my coaches. Coach Shannon, Randy Shannon, I got a call from him. He was like, man, what are you doing right now? I said, I'm chilling. He was like, man, do you want to get into coaching? I was like, uh, I kind of do. Like, man, you know what? I got a spot for you up in Florida, but I don't know if you want it yet. Says, but what I want you to do is go apply for this job at the junior college. And if you can handle that, then you ready to coach. I was like, man, it'll be easy. Man, I wasn't – and he was right, man. If you could survive junior college coaching, you ready for anything, man. I was the equipment <laughs> guy. Man, I was the – the the, the 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 DB coach, sometimes the custodian, sometimes man, you you a jack of all trades in, in junior college, man, especially down in one in Miami. So it was a, it was a good experience, and I kind of like I learned a lot. I bonded with those kids, and it made me who I am now today as, as a coach. I think. So you started off at ASA, and uh, but but not long, you were right back in uh, Miami. How did that come about? Uh, it was I was actually at a coaching convention uh in in uh, Charlotte, and I ran into cut. And I ran into Coach Coach Bandle, who's head coach here now, and he was like, "Man, would you love? Would you want to be a part of our program?" I was like, yeah, "Yeah, like why not?" He was like, "Man, you know, we have a spot open for you. I'm keeping the loop." And uh, once we left, you know, um, he gave me a call. He was like, "Man, come by the office on Monday." I came by. You know, we chopped it up and did my interview and things like that. We talked about ball, talked about life, and things like that. And they hired me. I've been with my third year now. So when when uh, Mark Rick was at the, was there at the time when you came in, um, yeah. he brought you in. You was on the coaching side, but when Manny yeah. took over, uh, you, you know he decided to you know he offered you another opportunity working in recruiting. Um, talk about that adjustment going from coaching and into recruiting, and, and what was your role? What is your role now? Hold on. Uh, well, when Coach, when Coach Diaz got the job, you know he had a different vision of the recruiting office. You know it was kind of like you know he wanted you know more guys you know who could relate to the kids. You know when the kids come on campus, it's not like they just they're not with nobody just give them a tour. They were somebody who they could talk to about life, who could talk to them about this, who been around, who been from Miami, who, who played the game. So that was his vision, more of like a, a on-hand type recruiting, uh, recruiting uh, uh, office. And that's what I, that's what me, Coach Coney, and Coach Powder is like. You know, kids come on campus, they relate to us because we 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 been with, we been through, they going through high school recruiting, things like that. And it was it was like it was dream come true, man. You know, I, I love the whole recruiting thing, you know, talk to the kids, you know, trying to get them here and talk to their parents and everything, man. It's been, it's been a blessing. Okay, so since having gone through the whole process, you know, the draft process, uh, the recruiting process, the draft process, and then, you know, retiring football, uh, how, how do you use that to your fans right now with, with, your, with your current job? I mean, I, I try to, like, you know, Try to, I, sometimes I, I throw it, I throw it in these kids' face like, look, man, I've been through what y'all been through, man. Like, I, I understand the whole recruit process. I, I know like what you're going through and all this good school texting you and things like that. But the biggest thing I try to teach these kids, like, man, you know, treat everybody the same. Like from the from the custodian to the president of the school, because you never know who who you're gonna need in the long run. Mm -hmm. So I try to like teach them that, you know, just like you know, 
with the coaches. Like, you know, always prepared to all the coaches because you never know when you're going to the NFL. Like, I run a back coach here. My first guy, Coach Thomas Brown, he's the coach at the Rams now. So all those guys who was here with him, when it's time to get drafted, they're going to ask about you. Right. So that's the biggest thing I try to tell these guys. Like, man, look, man, always doing your P's and Q's, be respectful, how you put your pants up, and just be, you know, just be on point. It's interesting you say that, man, because I've been through the ringer, right? I worked in college, major college, um, you know, college football, on to the NFL. And it's crazy because you'll see individuals that treat people kind of based on their position at the time. I was an intern. And then when you're in the NFL, um, you know, especially around senior bowl, you see a lot of guys trying to get jobs. So I remember a story of a guy who was on staff at the college I was at. But didn't really say much to me, treated me like, you know, whatever. But then when I was in the NFL, um, he, he, you know, he comes running up to me like, hey, man, you know, what's, you know, what's going on? Asking me questions, asking me to introduce him to people. And I always thought, I'm like, man, you got to be careful because you never know who somebody may be. So that's a very valuable lesson. That's very important. But in close, man, having a young son, like you mentioned, talented young son, man, you know, following in your steps, you know, you know, what are some of the main lessons that you want to teach him about the overall experience and the importance of success? Um, and whether, you know, putting all your eggs in one basket and understanding the sport business, at, at, you know, in general, what are some of the things that you really making sure that you kind of uh, teach him in this process? I mean, I, the, the main thing I tell him, man, I try to, I try to teach him to, to have fun with it, man. You know, whenever, whenever I feel like he's, he's getting like too serious about something, I kind of like, Hey man, relax, dog. This, this is the game. Cause he's very, he's like, I said, he's very, like you say, he's very passionate. Like, and he get a lot of people saying, he get a lot of people saying, man, you, you're, you're talented, but so I gotta be that, that dad, man. look, man, you ain't all that. Like, I got to humble sometimes, but he gets so, like, so caught up in it because he, he loved the game. He, he been around it since he was, like, three years old. So, he been in the locker room. He, he come to all our games. So, he he been around the game football so much. So, he have his own dreams and aspirations already. But the thing I try to teach him, like, man, look, every, like, if you play football, don't take no plays off. Because, like, just right now, like, you don't know what next time you're going to play football right now. Right. Cause especially in Lily, because we struggle. Y'all, the NFL struggling. The college struggling. It's time to figure out. High school would definitely know what's going on. Little league, man, that's at the the tail end. So I say, man, you got to take every make every make every take every play. I mean, I mean play play is like your last play. And I try to just keep him humble. He's a humble kid. And I try to like tell him, like, look, man, he's always he's, he's good in school. He's a magnet. I mean, he's he's a gifted like that. So I try to like, hey, look, man, don't think football is gonna be the only way out. You could be whatever you want to be. You could be a coach. You could be a, a lawyer. You could be a doctor. You could be whatever, man. Don't think this is your only way out. I try to preach that to him every day. All his friends, like, look, man, you can even be a somebody play a video game, man. They make money off that too, man. Don't, <laughs> hey, don't just think this is your way out. And he understands. He's he got a good grip of what's going on. Because this, I talk to him like he's a eighteen year old. I don't talk to him like he's a nine year. I talk to him like eighteen year old. So he got a good. He, he know what's going on. Good deal. Good deal. Joe, you got anything else for Marky? Man, nah, I just say thank you for uh, being on, on the show, bro. I really appreciate you talking, bro. And thank y'all for having me, man. Absolutely. Thank y'all for having me for sure. Appreciate it, man. We definitely appreciate you jumping on, sharing with us, man. We, we, uh, we gonna, I'm definitely going to be following. I've been following. Definitely going to continue to support yeah. you, man, and everything that you do, man. So we appreciate you jumping on the podcast, man, and wish you the best moving forward. And whatever happens this season, you know what I mean? We wish you the best, brother. Man, appreciate it, bro. All right, man. We'll holler at you later. All right, dog. Thanks for listening to another episode of What's the Hype Podcast. Remember to like, subscribe, and comment. Follow us on all platforms at What's the Hype Podcast. I've been grinding all my life, all my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Got married to this guy.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.